Now everyone was in histories. I mean, haha, how funny was it? People, people, let Collis jump to her feet and struggle to quiet, quiet everyone. We've talked, we talked about this before. It's not nice to make fun of someone who is allergic. That's what, when I like, go with my loudest way to sneeze yet. Oh no, I totally sprained Mrs. Collis. It was like a tsunami of snot. She grounded and spun away. Her hands stabbed at the sides of her t-shirt. I could see glistening wet stuff in her hair. Sorry, I mumbled. When she turned back to me, her expression had changed. Her eyes were wide with furry. She entered an angry groan. Richard, her voice was ugly maniac. I took a step back. What is going? What is she going to do? She lunged towards me and whispered. Human strength. She lifted me off the floor, swung me high in the air, and heaved me through the plate window. Next page, chapter two. No, that didn't happen. That was a daydream. I imagined it. Maybe I don't read too many comic books. Mister Collis didn't heave me out the third floor window. She just told me to forget about my report to later, and she sent me back to my seat. That was worse than sailing out the window because I hadn't listened to everyone laughing at me and making fun of me. I lowered my head and started straight ahead and tried to force their ugly voices from my ears. How totally embarrassing! I could feel my nose running. I wiped it with the sleeve. Of my shirt, I tossed my book report into the desk and dropped it on my seat. Miss Collis was still whipping off her T-shirt with the handkerchief. I knew I had heard the end of this. I knew that drawing the teacher is not would haunt me all day, and I was right. After school, Marcus, Melody, and a bunch of other kids followed me down the hall, sneezing their heads off. They thought they were hardly hilarious, all sneezing together as loud as they could, and he howling like donkeys. They won't be laughing when the revenger has his way. That's what I was thinking when I saw Bree. 
burned ma'am, and the cluck of the group she was laughing too. That was cold. That really hurt. She followed me outside, giggling and sneezing on me. Marcus Melody bumped me from behind and sent me sailing headfirst over the hedge uh, at the bottom of the schoolyard. I hit the ground hard on my stomach. My back were bounced on top of me. When I looked up, I saw my pa- my parents' yellow car me parked across the street. I pulled myself to my feet, stumbled away from the laughing kids, and jerked open the back door uh, of the car. Dad sat behind the wheel. Mom turned and smiled at me. Hi, Richard. Looked like you were having fun with your friends. Yeah, fun, I murmured. She's totally coolest. No point, I telling her the truth. Dad had his eyes on his phone. He mumbled something under his breath. This sounded like mumble mumble. Dad is a great mumbler. My parents are like out of a honor a horror movie. They are both incredible. Then and place as zombies. Dad grumbled and groaned like the Frankenstein monster. When Mom smiles, her teeth shoot out like things. Okay, maybe I was embarrassed, but Mom only smiles for my little brother, Ernie. He's a spoiled monster, but she thinks everything he does is adorable. Also, my parents spend most of their time agreeing. They agree about everything. It's like it's their hobby. How did I get in this family seriously? I'm pretty sure I'm a superhero. Alan from other planet. I came to Earth as a baby, and these people, the Dereaser, adopted me. It's the only good explanation I think I can think of. I sail back in the sea. Why are you picking me up? I asked. Dad pulled the car away from the curb. Ask your mother, he mumbled. I saw in F for a ugly doctor. Mom said, you're taking me to a new doctor. He might be able to help you, Mom re- replied. He doesn't need an angry doctor, said Dad said, turning his curvy sh- street. Yes, he does, Mom snapped. Be quiet, Barry. Don't tell me to be quiet. He does need a doctor. He needs to man up. You can't blame Richard if he was bad. Our guys, Mom said. Bad air guys. He has a bad attitude. That's all. They started to shout and other present present my hand over my ear. 
mom and dad fight like this all time. I should be used to it. If if I were going to draw a comic book about my family, I call it Battle Quenched Attack of the Screaming Parents. Sometimes Ernie and I him at top of the the stairs and listen to them argue. We we make funny faces and jokes and try not to listen. Let them hear us crack up, but it's not funny when they fight about me. That was what I really hate. And now here they were screaming at each other about whether I need a ugly doctor or not. I can't keep the kids in this. Dad grumbled. He th- he goes through a box day. What? Do you want him to re? Rescue them, Mom shouted. Maybe give him a tissue a day. Would that save the money, Barry? I felt a real big sneeze coming on. Luckily, it was a short drive. Dad turned it onto Dicko Avenue, went a few blocks, then pulled the car to the curb. I glazed out the window and I saw a dark brick building. I a small sign next to a glass door read, Dr. Root, Algrest and Really Good Doctor. Whoa! I let out a cry. Look where we are, right across the street from the comic book museum. Yes! Lucky was this. The comic book museum is where I spend all my spare times. I know every inch of the place. I wish I could live there. They had the biggest, most amazing collection of comic books in the world. No, maybe the unverse. Dr. Rule is expecting you, Mom said. Be sure to tell him about your skin inches when you eat tortilla chips. Are you coming with me? I asked. We can't, Dad said. We have to pick up Ernie. Where's Ernie? I asked. At his poetry class, Mom answered. She gets a special smile on her face when she talks about her purposes on Ernie. She doesn't make poor tea, I said. He just throws clay in the other kids. Truth? Don't say that. Don't say bad things about Ernie, Mom snapped. At least Ernie doesn't sneeze his brains out every five minutes and drop it and snout all over the carpet. Then, uh, nice. See, Ernie, Ernie can't do anything wrong. Seriously. 
They think everything my kid brother does is adorable. I climbed out of the car. The cool afternoon breeze felt good on my face. The sun was beginning to drop behind downtown building. Long purple shadows strength across the sidewalk. I glazed across the street at the big white stone museum with its dome roof. I'll stop by there after my doctor's appointment. I decided. See you later. I called to my parents. I slammed the the car door shut. They were already arguing about something else. I turned and stepped up the the glass door. I glanced at the doctor's son again. Then I pulled the door open and stepped into the building. How was I to know what the whole world was about to go crazy? Chapter three. A sign in the lobby told me Doctor Rue was in the room three o one. I took an elevator to the third floor and found the office at the end of the long, dimly lit hallway. I stepped into a pale green waiting room. No one there. No one see it at the red turn. Desk at the front, I saw two pale green couches against the wall. A low table was stacked with a pile of old people magazines. Any here? I called. No answer. Doctor Root. My voice rang loudly through the empty office. I was about to leave when I heard footsteps from the back of the room. Heavy thudding footsteps. The back office door opened, and a huge man in in the op- empty office. I was from a back room. Heavy thundering footsteps. The back office door opened. A huge man in a white short sleeve lab coat lumbered down. He had short black hair over a round face that looked like an unflattered balloon. His and mouse belly punched against the front of the lab coat. I could see that two or three buttons had popped off. Fat folds of the stomach poked out. His arms were bare and pink, like two big hams. He had tiny black bird eyes tucked into his head, and when he smiled at me, fold of fat formed three or four chins under his mouth. I, I think I'm the wrong office, I smirked. His smile spread. No, I've been expecting you, Richard. His voice was soft and seemed to come from deep inside him. His body bounced and he stepped towards me. He reached out a pink hand to shake his finger. 
looked like fat sausage standing so close. I could see big drops of sweat on his forehead. He held on to my hand. His hand was warm and spongy. His tiny eyes looked on me. I hear you have all great problems, he said. You sneeze a lot. Yes? Yes, I said. My voice cracked. I cleared my throat. <clears> throat> I finally let go of my hand. He nodded, stunning me. Out the window, I could see the comic book museum across the street. I really wanted to be there instead of in the empty office with this weirdo blob of doctor bowling out his head lab coat. I mean, he was like Marcus Molendy gone wild. Don't be nervous, Richard, he said softly. I think I can help you. I have my own treatments. It's taken me years to develop, but I think I can change your life. Uh, change my life? Follow me. He turned and walled to the back office. I tried to hold it in, but I couldn't sneeze and then sneeze again i believe you you are i believe you are allergic to dust in the air allergic to dust in the air dr riff said you are very successive you are allergic to tiny particles i whispered my nose with shirt sleeves I stepped into the black room. I was also green, green, green wallpaper, green cord stuff. Even the light seemed to be green. He was bent over in kind of drawler. The fl- the sl- flab on his arm was rumpled as he searched through the drawer. Would you like to? Stop all the sneezing, Richard. Well, yes, I sure would, I said. But I had these allergies since I was born. I'm I'm going to give you one shot, he said. He stood up. I couldn't see what he held in his hand. It was hidden behind the bulging lab coat. Dab of fear shot down my back. One shot, he nodded. Yes, I think that's all I would take. One shot and your allergies will disappear. He mouthed for me to turn around. I'm going to give you the shot in your back. My mouth suddenly felt dry. I'm not good with shots. I have a lot of allergy shots, and I wasn't brave any of them. I don't know if I started. Don't move, Richard, he said. It will be only pinch for a few seconds. But don't move, please. Don't turn around. 
I held my breath. I tightened all my muscles. I shut my eyes and waited for the stab of pain in my back. One, two, three! I consistently to myself, wait, wait. For the pinch of pain. Four, five, I can't take it. I opened my eyes and looked behind me and saw the needle raise in Dr. Ruth's hand. It was two feet long. Before I could move, he pressed it into my back. I entered a hoarse scream. Everything went black. Chapter 4 I opened my eyes. I blinked a few times, then stared up at the pale green sky. Where am I? No. I saw a long ceiling like the ceiling was green. I raised my head, blinked some more. Dr. Ruth's office slowly came in focus. I cleared my throat. <clears> throat> Took a few breaths. It took me a while to realize I was flat on my back. Dr. Hru leaned me over. His face was a red as a tomato. His tiny black eyes gazed down at me. Sorry, Richard, he said in a whisper. I am? The ceiling spun a circle above me. You're okay, he said, patting my arm. You fainted. I'm afraid you're not the first person to faint because of that long needle. He shook his head. I told you to not look. I I couldn't help it. I grabbed my shoulder gently and pulled me up to sit. Function. You'll be okay now. The end.